Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. And we are joined by our guy, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee and Candlestick Chronicles. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? I'm outstanding. How are you guys? We're good. Great. We're good. We're calling it a bit of rivalry week with the Warriors in town tonight and then the Niners headed over to Philly with that game that they have been waiting to play since the clock hit zero back in the playoffs. Let's just start here. What do you think is, I guess, obviously the Niners is the bigger game, but I would, I guess I would argue standings wise, it's bigger for the Niners, but just mentally, how big is this game for the Kings going up against the Warriors? Yeah, I mean, look, the the Kings want to win the in season tournament. I, I think, and and they certainly have the talent to do so. And and you know, this is a this is a team that frankly has like hung Pacific Division banners, right? Like they took a lot of pride in winning the Pacific Division last year. Obviously, the in season tournament comes with a little bit more cachet, and to say. Um, you know, they won the first one would, would be a, a, a nice little feather in their cap, particularly given that the Warriors are in their group. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, it, yeah, I think I think it's big for Sacramento, a team that obviously in recent history doesn't have a whole lot of winning on its resume. So um, to, to add the in-season tournament to it would be would be really fun for them in the town. And, and it would be something that that they could rally around for sure. Chris, uh, I saw that you you dropped a, a piece this morning for the for the B about uh, Malik Monk and his upcoming contract situation, and he's he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Just kind of without giving away too much from the piece, what what do you kind of feel like uh, Malik's vibe is uh, heading into this season, uh, and and just kind of dealing with the looming contract stuff uh, this off season. Yeah, I mean, Malik came into the league and and I think it's no secret that, you know, when when he was with Charlotte that, you know, there there might have been some maturity issues, right? And and he obviously had that league imposed drug suspension. Um I think it was 2020 that mm-hmm. that he had to deal with and and you know, there was a little bit of risk for the Kings in bringing him in just given that history, but so far, I mean, in the in the season plus that that he's been with the Kings, um, you could argue he's been one of their three or four best players, right? And and that was particularly true in the playoffs last year. He led the team in plus minus. He was a real handful for the Warriors to guard. Um, and he he really helped step up while De'Aaron Fox is dealing with his finger injury. And and I think you can make a pretty easy case that he was a lot better than Demonis Sabonis, the Kings all-star and now $40 million player in, in that playoff series. Um, and you just look at his scoring, his assist numbers, where he's at relative to guys making considerably more than him this year, like Harrison Barnes and, and Kevin Herter. Um, Malik Monk, I think, is more valuable to the Kings right now than than those guys. And he's making $9 million a year, um, almost 10. And those guys are making, you know, 15 and 17, 18 um, in that territory. So, um, you know, the Kings are, are going to be about, you know, at the $20 million area neighborhood uh, below the luxury tax next year depending on you know if a veteran dive wants to dive into that um but they should have room to to pay malik monk but you know are are there going to be other upgrades made along the way right are the kings going to be active at the trade deadline and, and maybe bring in some more expensive players that changes that financial future and how does that potentially impact bringing back malik monk who like we said is has been one of the king's most valuable players so um, it's, it's a really interesting subplot, you know, to the season. I think, you know, Malik Monk is the only regular rotation guy who's not signed beyond this year. 
Um, so there are a lot of interesting variables at play for him. But um, I just thought it was notable given how good he's been for the Kings and relative to his salary when he's making so much less than guys like Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes. We're talking to Chris Biederman, Candlestick Chronicles, and the Sacramento Bee covering the Niners and the Kings. Chris, what would you say about Keegan Murray? I know we talked about how the Kings want to win the Eden season tournament, but he's doubtful today. Do you, where is that line as far as how important this is? If Keegan isn't 100%, we, we know the Kings specifically last season did not always play 100%, but is it still, hey, we want to win the in-season tournament, but we're not going to play if you're not 100%. It's not a playoff game for the NBA title. Where would you say that line is? Yeah, you know, that's that's tough um, without really knowing the specifics of, of Keegan's injury. Uh, back injuries, of course, can can be problematic. And, you know, it feels you can wake up fine one day and then you can sneeze and then it's it's worse than it was when you initially heard it. Right. So we don't really know the 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 exact severity of, of Keegan's injury. I would say it's notable that he was a full participant in practice yesterday. I know doubtful sounds like he's not going to play. Um, but it wouldn't really surprise me if he did play because you remember in the playoffs last year when De'Aaron Fox's injury news broke with his finger, the Kings said he was doubtful. And then Fox came over to the media about five minutes later and said, yeah, I'm playing. <laughs> so, right. um, but that was the playoffs, obviously. I, I honestly don't know. Like I don't, I, I was in, um, <clears throat> I was in New Orleans when, and uh, when Keegan Murray got hurt and asking around and trying to get as, as good of a feel as I could for the injury. Um, and just wasn't getting any information, frankly. And the Kings are pretty mum on, on injury stuff. So I don't really have a great feel for uh, for his status. But I will say that it's notable that he was a full participant in practice yesterday. And, you know, if he does play, I think the more reps Keegan Murray can get in high leverage situations, the better it is for his development, right? Like this is a guy the Kings are hoping can be one of their three best players going forward, along with the All-Stars. Um, and, you know, the, the, the emphasis with him will always be improved defensively, putting him on the, the opponent's best uh, perimeter offensive player. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be Steph Curry. If he does play tonight, that would be a pretty tough ask, I would imagine, coming off the injury. Um, but, you know, more, more ball handling responsibility, more distributing responsibility rather than last year when he was mostly a, a spot up shooter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it'll be interesting to see. But I, I wish I had a better answer in terms of, you know, my feel for his injury. But other than to say, as somebody who's, you know, getting up there in age and has dealt with back injuries, too, um, you know, I, I have I have no I, I have no feel for. I mean, I have a feel for how how finicky back injuries can be, but no right. feel for for Keegan's at the moment. Yeah. Chris, uh, one more quickly on the Kings and, and Malik's situation as well. Uh, something I, I continue to to think about, I shouldn't say worry about yet, um, is Malik's role moving forward with this team if he is going to re up uh, here in Sacramento. Do you get any sense of what he would expect his role to be if he were to sign a a three or four year extension here in Sacramento? More more specifically, do you think he would ask to enter the starting role uh, starting role if he were to uh, continue to be here in Sacramento? Just because I feel like you know he's been somebody who's kind of had to work his way back into the league, like you said, and uh, has definitely proven himself in in the given opportunities. I just wonder if he's kind of looking for that next step in his career as well. You know, that's a good question. I I haven't asked him about starting specifically, but I, I would say like my, my feel for Malik is that he's pretty happy with coming off the bench. I, I think what matters more to him, and I know Mike Brown has said this, it's not who starts the game, it's who finishes. Right. And Malik was very clearly a guy who had to be on the floor in crunch time 
during the playoff series last year against the Warriors. So that that is probably the more important thing. And and you've seen guys get paid um, pretty considerable amounts coming off the bench. So, you know, I, I'm not equating Malik to, to Manu Ginobili, but like Manu Ginobili had a pretty nice career, won some championships as a guy who who wasn't a regular in the starting lineup, but did play a, a hell of a lot of crunch time minutes for, for San Antonio. Um, so maybe that's, you know, that that would be the message that Mike Brown might impart to Malik if, if that conversation ever did come up. Um, and Malik's value, I, I think, you know, you can, he, he just, if you're, if you start a game off slowly and you're six minutes into the first quarter and you're struggling to hit shots, Malik comes in off the bench and, and can provide you a spark that's, that, that is pretty unique. Right. And so I, I think that is sort of the perfect role for him, just in my opinion. Um, I would imagine Mike Brown a- agrees with that sentiment. Um, but whether or not, you know, if they end up paying Malik 15, 16, $17 million a year on his next contract, um, would he enter the starting lineup? I don't necessarily know. I guess it would depend on what the rest of the roster looks like and if Kevin Herter is still here. But uh, I, I would say that, you know, Malik seems content on coming off the bench or with coming off the bench as, as long as, you know, he's a guy who's contributing in, in key moments of the, ga- of the game and, and particularly in playoff series. And I think that would be fine with him. Talking to Chris Biederman of the Candlestick Chronicles in the Sacramento Bee. Chris, switching over to the 49ers and the Eagles. Niners open up small favorites in Philadelphia. What do you make of that and the matchup with the Eagles, who you have a team in the Niners who steamroll teams and can't win the gritty wins or the gritty games, and then you have the Eagles who don't steamroll teams even though they're supposed to be better. I don't think they ever cover the spread, but they seem to just win football games. What do you think about that matchup? Yeah, so I I did a little bit of uh, numbers crunching this morning. The Niners are one and two in one score games, and the Eagles are seven and one in one score games. Um, but the thing is, the Niners' average margin of victory is over twenty points a game. So, like it's it's kind of it, it's weird. The NFL season is generally filled with small sample size theater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you remember last year's Minnesota Vikings, and and I know Chris does with with where they were at in one score games, and and obviously. You know, the Eagles have a lot more equity in my mind, given that they went to the Super Bowl last year. But I think there could be a similar dynamic at play where um, your record in one score games can be a little bit fluky, right, from from time to time. So I think there's a feeling that, you know, the Eagles might have gotten a little bit of luck, might have gotten a little bit lucky in some of these games. Um, But this is also a team that's won a ton of games over the last couple of years and went to the Super Bowl. So they have proven they know how to win for whatever that's worth. And the tush push is a huge advantage and obviously short yardage situations and goal line situations. Um, so that that's, that's a big factor at play, but I think the Niners are the more complete team and yeah, the Niners had their three game losing streak, but, but all the data would suggest the Niners are a deeper team. They're more complete. Um, but I think the data also says that the Eagles might be more battle tested in terms of these one score games. And, and we haven't seen the Niners win, um, really under Kyle Shanahan at all when they have to come from behind in second halves. And we see the Eagles do that pretty regularly, right? We saw it the last two weeks uh, at Kansas City um, and and a Sunday against Buffalo in overtime. So um, the 49ers have been dominant. They've steamrolled a lot of their opponents. But if this is a one-score game, um, then, you know, I would imagine the Eagles would feel pretty comfortable in that scenario on their home field while we haven't really seen the Niners win. We've only seen the Niners win one one score game this year, and that was all the way back in week two against the Rams. Um, and the Eagles have done it, I think, four weeks in a row now. So I think the Niners are a more complete team, but I think the Eagles just are more used to these close games, and, and that could be an advantage on Sunday. 
Chris Biederman, Sacramento Bee, Candlestick Chronicles. Chris, thank you so much. You're going to be at the game tonight? Uh, I will not. All right. I will not. I'll be, right. I'll be in, the, in the film room crunching tape. There you go. Um, That's, hey, you, know, you got to work when the, when the lights aren't bright. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what you do. Chris, thank you so much, as always. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, as always. Got to get to a break. When we get back, how to contain Steph Curry. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Thank you again to Chris Bearderman of the Candlestick Chronicles and the Sacramento Bee. Always good stuff from Chris and that piece on Malik Monk. Definitely go check it out if you haven't already. We're getting a lot of texts, and that's the thing. Look, we are the show of the people. Yes. Right? Very much we, so. Me and Chris, we come in, we show up, what, four or five hours before the show? Something like that. You know, they, they don't even want to let us in nah. the door. Yeah. Right? But yeah. our key cards work. I think we're here before the morning show's even here. That's right. Yeah. I say, hey, Dave, ha- yeah. have a good show. Yeah. We've been here. Been here. Grinding. Yep. Okay? And we sit here, we come, we come up with what we're going to talk about, but when something pops up that seems pressing yeah. from the people, I'm seeing it on the YouTube chat. I'm seeing it on the text line, 916-339-1140. You want to be part of the conversation. Alan, Chris, who the heck is going to stop <laughs> Steph Curry? Yeah. Now, the last time the Kings played the Warriors, one of your keys to the game, and it's going to pop up again. Yep. We got keys to the game later in the show, keeping Steph under 30. Yep. And they did, they did, and they had a shot to win. They had a shot. Right? Keegan Murray did play that game. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray was the primary defender. He was. So the question is, how to contain Steph Curry. Isn't that the question? And who's going to do it? My first thought here, uh-huh. and this is going to sound crazy. Oh, there's no crazy thoughts anymore. But no, I'm saying. Where the Kings are at guarding Steph. I use the comparison to a boxer a lot. And mm-hmm. I feel like some of the greats, as they get older, they have to perform like this, right? And I feel like what happened, especially with the first game here at Golden 1, is as crazy as it sounds, it's not that you forget about Steph Curry, but you can't get complacent because you've done a good job on him yeah. to this point. And yeah. I feel like that's what happened in game one. The first half, Steph really didn't do too much, yeah. right? And everybody is thinking, hey, they got Steph contained, right? You're feeling good about it. And then, boom, he's all over the place. He drops a 40-burger on you. So as as ridiculous as it sounds to not forget about Steph – you just can't get happy until there are zeros in the fourth quarter. Exactly. You can't. Yeah, no. Whitey used to talk about it all the time when we were doing the show during the playoffs. It's about surviving, I believe, as he would call it, the curry flurry. Mm, and it's, yes. it really is like an avalanche of of points. And sometimes, I mean, in the past, it used to just be the Warriors team in general, whether it was Steph or right. Clay or KD or yeah. some combination of all three, where there would just be – specifically in the third quarter, there would just be a run of them mm. scoring 20 points in five minutes and yeah. you're just trying to keep up. And and it's about, you know, trying to climb back and not have, you know, those those flurries be yeah. too much to come back from. That's what the Kings need to do. It's more just concentrated now with, with just Steph, but you're right. Like, they can't have a good first half against Steph and then feel like, okay – Game plan's working. Not necessarily let's let's slide off of him or, or you know play more lax or anything, but mm-hmm. it's just you kind of naturally do lose him in the mix. I mean, you know, you'll you'll say okay, we're stopping or slowing down Steph, but it's leaving Andrew Wiggins a lot of good opportunities. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's try and slow down Wiggs, and it all just kind of tumbles, and then Steph gets going, and once he gets going, there's no stopping him. So it's it's no secret, but of course, yeah, the Kings have to limit Steph Curry's impact it's not even necessarily about 
him scoring 30 points or more. It's just if this guy's going to have the gravity that he always seems to have, you got to try and minimize that as much as possible and turn them into a regular basketball team because that's the thing. Steph Curry is the only thing that makes that basketball team special. Mm-hmm. That's it. Besides that, it's pretty mediocre. Like it's it's not necessarily a bad team. It's just not really a team that puts a lot of fear into you. You know, no. Steph Curry or uh, Chris Paul and Dario Saric and Andrew Wiggins. Dario balled last time. Dario killed the Kings last time, and that's another key as well. Is you got to try and keep those Dario Sariches, the Jonathan Kamingas. You know, it's okay. Oh, if, Brandon Pajemski, don't Pajem- play Jack Harlow no, tonight. Do not let do Jack, not play Harlow Jack Harlow go crazy <laughs> tonight. Because that's the thing is, you can't, like, Wiggins is going to get, you know, 14 to 18 mm-hmm. points. Clay is going to get his 12 to 20 points. But, like, you can't have those other guys. You can't have Draymond. There was a game, what was that, game five here in Sacramento when Draymond had 16. No. You're not going to win a lot yeah. of those games. So, you also... Stop everybody is the key. Stop if you could stop everybody, you're gonna win. That's, but that's see, my it's analysis. not that I don't agree with you, but you have to be okay with something for sure, right? Of course, that's, so yeah, if, if Pajemski goes Jack Harlow and and balls on you, yeah, tip and 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 Seth scored twenty five, right? I think. I it's, mean, what else are you yeah. gonna do? Yeah. Right? I mean, okay. So what's crazy about this whole Clay Thompson thing, as we're sitting here roasting, is if you look at Clay, Clay's shooting thirty six point eight percent from three. Yep. That's actually not bad. It's not bad, no. That's not bad yeah, at all. It's about I the mean, average, yeah. That's the average, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot going on deeper, and he's averaging seven and a half three pointers a game. Yeah. Steph is averaging. 12 three-pointers a game. He's average and he's shooting 44%. That's crazy. That's insanity. Yeah, that's Steph stuff. That's insanity. Here's the thing. You can look at this a couple ways, this next stat. You can look at it and say, well, he's shooting well under and he's going to get better. Or I'm just going to pray he doesn't get better against us. Andrew Wiggins, if you're talking about helping mm-hmm. on somebody, right? And not to be disrespectful. Like, I don't know if you go full-blown. Dis- Draymond Green is shooting 45% from three. Now, he only takes 2.2 a game. Andrew Wiggins only takes 3.2 three-pointers a game. You want to know what Andrew Wiggins' three-point percentage is? Uh, guess. I would guess. Well, the way you're phrasing it, I'm going to say bad. Um, I'll say 31% from three. Andrew Wiggins is shooting 25% from Whoa. three. Gotcha. On how, you said on three only point, on three a game. Yeah, yeah, I think the fear is that he killed the Kings in the playoffs last year, and he didn't play for the entire second half of last year. And he yeah. cleared, just especially if Keegan's not going tonight, though Keegan was guarding Steph a good portion of last time they played. It's just the Kings again, kind of don't really have good matchups for 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 Wiggins, and so it's I don't know him him being as impactful as he was last year in the playoffs really did. Hurt the Kings a lot. Yeah, and I think there's just a little bit of flashbacks to this will be the game that Andrew Wiggins figures it out. Yeah. But I think that you just have to pray that it's not because if you were the Warriors, and I know that fan base over there uh, in the Bay, they thought every single game was the game that Andrew Wiggins is going to figure it out. There have been games that Steph didn't play. There have been games that Clay hasn't played, and Andrew Wiggins can't even get above 13 points. Yeah. 13 points. Yeah, he's no, he's like really on the struggle bus. Like I, you know, we we 
joke, if mm-hmm. you will, about Harrison Barnes yeah. on this program. But like Andrew Wiggins is going through it on a daily basis, and they actually like need Andrew Wiggins to not be in this rut. Does it make you uncomfortable me talking about this that he's going to figure out tonight? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm t- <laughs> like I have no like Andrew Wiggins is going to play well tonight. There's just no doubt in my I mind. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I, I I feel like I would love it if he didn't, obviously, but I, I feel like, again, the Kings just haven't really had a good matchup for those guys, or it's going to be him or Jonathan Kaminga. They just – it always seems like the guys with length and size and athleticism are the guys that they just have absolutely no answer for. Kaminga averaging 2.2 three-pointers a game. Guess what he's shooting from three? Oh, that's probably – I would have guessed 25% on that. 20, yeah. even. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins – Guess what his free throw percentage is? 70. Simone? It's lower than that? I'm not I'm not saying. Okay, give me, I'll do 60. Andrew Wiggins is shooting 56% from okay. free throw. How many attempts per game? How many attempts is he? Because he should be somebody who's Three near, attempts a game. He should be near that as well. Like, if not more, like, that's that's insane. And I think we did this a couple... And we know it's a it's a when I don't know when it's a bad stretch or we, we've seen more of this Andrew Wiggins yeah. than 2022 Andrew Wiggins. That's why when I asked that question about Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes been steady Eddie. Right. We saw one flash <laughs> in the pan from Andrew Wiggins, but he's not, Andrew Wiggins isn't this bad. Yeah. But we also, as much as we've never seen this Andrew Wiggins before, we only saw that 2022 Andrew Wiggins once. Yep. One time. Agreed. Yeah, and that was when he was hyper, like really focused, locked in, and. He got paid from that. Word on the street out there in the Bay is that he's on the trade block. What do you think of the Kings recently? Um, And it, you know, it became a really big talking point after that Pelicans game, especially Mm -hmm. they've been blitzing a lot of the other team's best players to try and force the ball out of their hands, whether it was Zion. uh, They've tried to do it with Steph in the Mm -hmm. past, and they definitely did it with Anthony Edwards on Friday. What do you think of the Kings' strategy of just blitzing Steph Curry the second he gets past half court, forcing him to pass the ball and getting the ball out of his hands? Do you think that's been I like something it. that's worked I, in the past? Yeah, I, I just don't think you can't do it all game. Yeah, you can't do it all game. And I would say this, and I'm just now I'm having flashbacks of Sarich. Mm-hmm. I would say that if it seems like somebody is on a heater, we we talk about what our our moms tell us when someone shows you who they are, believe, believe. them. When someone shows you who they are for that night, yeah. believe them. If you blitz and Sarge hits one, fine. Uh-huh. If you blitz again and he hits another, it's over. Yeah. Blitz with somebody else. Don't because at some you're trying to play the percentages. Uh-huh. Sometimes guys get hot. And I would say the same thing with Andrew Wiggins. I wouldn't say go full disrespectful, but hey, man, mm-hmm. I, that's the thing. None of these guys can feel disrespected because it's Steph Curry. Yeah. So, Wiggins, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the numbers here, and I'm seeing how poorly you're shooting. But if you're right and he starts to figure it out, I still would say him shooting a wide-open three is different than contested. Sure. So, if Wiggins hits his first two threes, you blitz off. Not that you would blitz off Wiggins, but you got to blitz off somebody. Yeah. You blitz off Wiggins, right? And he hits the first three threes, shut it down. Mm-hmm. Shut it down and and decide, hey, do we want to blitz somebody else? Let's not forget, the Kings are missing Keegan Murray, right? Yep. The first time. And Possibly. I, doubtful. Doubtful. The first time, and even though Steph got, got his, right, but even up to that, including the playoffs, and it's Steph is Steph, who had the best numbers on the team guarding Steph Curry when it before Keegan Murray started to – Blossom as a defender. According to Mike Brown, Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter. 
So you still got Kevin Herter. You do. And you're not going to be able to stop Steph. You just hope to contain him. Right. So I would start out with that. That's and if Kevin too, is yeah. getting put on a skillet yep. and getting cooked up like some bacon on a Sunday morning, yep. then you figure it out somewhere else. You know who did pretty well on Steph last year? Not necessarily numbers-wise, but eye test-wise. Off night. Mr. Davion Mitchell. Wow. Look how the tables have turned. Look, I've stayed this consistent. This man, Chris Watkins, this is how bad Chris wants this W. <laughs> He is digging Davion Mitchell up. Yep. To get, I love this. Yeah. No, I, I love mean, this. I like. I've been incredibly consistent. Davion Mitchell's wor- value. I shouldn't say worth. That's. I'll say Davion Mitchell's yes. value. We all have worth. Is <laughs> exactly. Know uh, your worth is shown exponentially more when you're playing against the Warriors mm. and more specifically Steph Curry. Because he's not a vertical guy either, Steph. He's not. No, he's not at all. And Davion was incredibly physical with him. He was up in his space. And Davion can stay in front of him, most importantly. I mean, a big part of Steph's game is how he's able to get open off the dribble. And Davion is one of the best, uh, uh, you know, best guys at sticking with people. His hip movement is insane. The, the His ability to kind of flip his Shakira. hips. It nuts. It's nuts. It's yeah. Shakira-esque for sure. Shout out Davion. It's Shakira <laughs> hips, I guess. Uh, but I think Davion's a perfect guy to throw on Steph, and I th- really think you can throw him out there for 25, 30 minutes, and I, I wouldn't be upset at all. I think tonight's a perfect time to – Wow. If, you, if you're really trying to just throw the kitchen sink out there and, and Keegan can't go, I wouldn't be upset at Davion getting an extended run if he's hitting his shots especially. Hey, you heard, I think we saw a little sneak peek to Chris's dog – Chris's dog at 1.30. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, we know it's been a little confusing. So Chris has all the facts and information breaking down the in-season tournament. We got all that for you and much more. We're drinking more tears here because the Kings are going to get it done. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Now, Chris found another tweet during the break. Tim Kawakami went on to say i'll just paraphrase here that clay thompson is irreplaceable and that i guess not to say that he was saying to bench him things like that it's 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 dicey over there chris yeah it's something just (laughs) break them kings they're so close to being broken. This is reminding me so, so much close. of last year's playoff. I said this repeatedly. I was yeah. like, if you can just seep a little bit of doubt into that locker room, yeah. it's so ready to just combust, especially right. last year. I mean, with the pool stuff, they were so ready. If they went down 3-0, it was over. That locker right. room was going to blow up. There was no chance yeah. they were going to win that game for or anything. They were just going to blow up right there, right on the spot. And it feels like the Warriors are, again, tipping back a little bit closer back towards that ledge of it's feeling like some some emotions are yeah. getting testy and right. people are getting angry and Clay's getting tight about right. questions. And I don't know. It just feels like a lot of people are – I don't know if it's pressure, but I think I think people are starting to hear the noise over there in Chase Center. I just never – I never thought that they were going to do anything with this roster. They're not going to get – Number five with this roster. Mm-hmm. They're not. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for Kings fans, right? You lose to the, especially last season and even going into this season. I know he's Steph Curry and I might be eating crow in a couple months, right? Couple but, hours. well, <laughs> not, not this game. I'm saying for them to win the whole thing. Gotcha. It's just losing to the, losing to the Warriors with KD where there are just a, uh, you know, just the juggernaut is one thing. You lose into a Warrior team 
that you know you're better than and that is not going to do anything as presently constructed. They may go out and make a move, maybe. But this team is not winning anything. That you do not have enough offensive power. If you look at what happened in 2022, the two outliers, we already talked about Andrew Wiggins. Who was the number two scorer on that team? Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. Yeah. Jordan Poole, yeah. who is now, he's taken the reins from JaVale McGee for the Shaqton that the dude. Fool yeah. MVP. Yep. And so they caught lightning in a bottle and you had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They Everybody contributed. But that team most seasons probably doesn't get it done. Right. Okay. That that was before Phoenix had created what they had going. I, the Clippers or whatever. The Nuggets. The that was wasn't that the year Jamal Murray with the ACL? Yes, it was. That was Jamal Murray yeah. with the ACL. So who knows what happened? So the Kings are just Kings fans and Kings are just sick of it because we're not even losing to a team nope. that is going to win promise. the whole thing. Yeah. Right. You're, we're just losing to them because of some mental thing that we're dealing with. And this one goes out to you, Chris. I know you're going to love this one. Oh, boy. If you want to be a part of the conversation, 916-339-1140. This is from the 916. Kings players will likely need to wear shin guards to help guard from Steph's shoes kicking them. Dude is on the floor with most of his shots, and he falls and kicks and flails, and he gets those calls. Ooh. Wow, you might have just won Chris's heart right there. Can I get a prediction for tonight's game of a flopping call? On Steph? Yeah. I saw one for the first time yesterday. I was watching uh, Wizards Pistons. I saw Duarte got, get one. Did he really? Oh, okay. Back, in, back against the that. Lakers. Really? <sighs> That's the only one oh, I've seen. Right. Yes, I do remember that as well. You're yeah. saying in general or Steph? No, I think Steph gets one. Because he's going to fly. And, you know, the, the home crowd's going to play that into it as dicey. well. They're going to let people know. Steph be falling like crazy. It's insane how much that man hits the floor after his jump shots. And he also kicks his feet out as well, which he does. you know no one no one wants to talk about. But he does. Yeah. No, I mean definitely that Steph is he, he knows what he's doing. I mean that he gets a lot of three point or four point plays doing just that. But uh, yeah, I would love to see a a flop call tonight. Does do you wish that because we talked about other guys and how the King, the Warriors are a bit of showboaters? Do you wish that as so? There's a comparison between De'Aaron Fox and Steph, yes. right? They're both yeah. cool companies. Like, like the parallels, the the same how De'Aaron's on the same trajectory with the age 24. And yes, the and then winning MVP or being a leader, right? They're both hey, we kind of lead. We don't sure. really. And Steph has obviously been more, I guess, demonstrative and outspoken as he's gotten older. But I guess you and Kings fans and the Beam regime and the Kingdom and everybody. Do you wish you had some – and Malik does talk trash, but that's really all you got. Yeah. You – the Kings, dare I say, not how they play. I got to be careful here. Yep. Not how they play, but just the the way they react and the trash talking. The Kings are almost too much of the Harrison Barnes, right? Oh, yeah. Sabonis doesn't yeah. talk trash. Yeah. Harrison Barnes doesn't talk trash. De'Aaron kind of talks, talks trash. talks, but he doesn't it, – it's not like a uh... – aggressive way do you wish keegan obviously like an, not yeah no do you wish you had more of <laughs> a showboater you never know uh <laughs> yes i do i definitely yeah. do uh i think trey lyles is kind of a sneaky uh trash talker mm-hmm. um he's the guy who everybody always points at of if the kings are going to get in a scuffle it's going to be him i kind of think that's because he's been in the only scuffle we've seen with this group when mm-hmm. he you know scuffled with Giannis and brooke lopez last year um yeah i mean i i I will fully admit I, it was on these airwaves. I 
thought the Kings should kick the tires on Draymond Green this offseason for Come that on, same man. reason. Not today. No, Not I really, today. I, I'm just saying, Not yes, today. I just to answer your question. Someone cut that, drop yes. that. <laughs> you don't Dump even that. need to. It's all over the place. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think that they could use somebody who's got some fire, who's got some a little bit of crazy to him for sure. I don't know if it's even. I, I don't know if I'm if it's between that and just the. The, more the the showboatiness, the showmanship, uh-huh. and that's what we talked about you with De'Aaron before. You want them to before. feel themselves a little bit more yeah. on the court. You want a little bit more of that yeah, Memphis makes... Grizzly, and not you don't want to go full Memphis. No, you never go you full want, Memphis. No, no, no. Never go full but Memphis. You want to have some of that energy. Like for Keegan sure. makes or, or, or Kevin Herter. I saw Kevin Herter. He made about maybe his third three in a row. Yeah. And I think at that point he maybe gave like a, a very small let's go or something. <laughs> I want you letting the people tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Letting the people now if that's not your DNA, that's not your DNA. Sure. But I think what stinks is that they need a hype man, is what you're something. saying. Something they need, they need. I, I would say a, a really good. They teammate, have but it's Malik. Not even necessarily they good. have Malik, but Malik, but the, Malik. The Warriors have like yeah. four. Yeah, but Malik also isn't really one. Like Malik will not saying he's selfish or anything, but Malik will celebrate his own stuff, but isn't like necessarily going to run over to Kevin Herter in those moments and you know shove him and say right. like you're a bad man yeah, or nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love. I mean, yeah, I would love it. Who doesn't love a good firecracker? And it does feel like the Kings. That is something I think the Kings need in general is just somebody to make them believe in their own hype a little bit. They right. are still at this moment a little bit stuck in the we are underdogs. We have to prove ourselves. And I think maybe there's going to be some transition point where I think the Kings no longer need to. And I don't think the team necessarily feels like they are. Uh, look down upon but I think somebody needs to remind them constantly like we are an elite contender as well like right. there are times when when if we're playing the Portland Trailblazers or something we should feel like we should stun on these guys exactly you know we should use this as an opportunity to stun on these guys like they they don't really have any they, it, like you said there's just a little bit too Harrison Barnes a little too business a little bit too trippy, boy scout you know a little, a little too boy scout yeah. right yeah. sometimes I, it needs to be a showing out party a and not a bit. business trip a little bit sometimes you can get you can get petty it's fine now the flip side of that the counterpoint would be being even keel of course right and and you're supposed they to be even keel well. and yeah. i think that's a good thing yeah. right yeah. i think that's a good thing but you can be a little less even keel in games like this. Yeah, gotta get gotta to a break. Gotta get to a break. Simone got saying we gotta get to a break. When we get back, we will break down the not the rules, but I guess the situation of the in season tournament and all that comes with if the Kings win tonight and if the Kings don't win tonight. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacramento. Sacramento, where you at? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined by Warriors reporter John Dickinson at 1 p.m. And maybe we'll get a little spicy with him. Who knows? I know John. He's a great guy. So maybe we will bring the Top of T.O. Tuesday to John as we break down the in-season tournament. We have some PR news before Chris gets to the rules and the situations and the tournament set up right now. So you talk about Adam Silver playing chestnut checkers. At least I do, right? Listen to this one, Chris. For the this is from Warner Brothers PR. Oh gosh. For the NBA in-season tournament semifinals on December seventh, uh-huh. TNT and ESPN will blend their coverage. What? Featuring Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Wilbon. Oh no. And oh no. Don't be disrespectful. 
Stephen A. Smith. That is going Blasphemous. to be that is going to be ridiculous. That's going to be unhinged. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be must-watch television. I don't think those people have ever shared a stage together. I don't know. I don't think they have. That's incredible. I mean, Shaq and Stephen A., and then you throw Chuck in there as well, and uh, that's that's going to be incredible. Is that is that also going to be on Max or something like that? Or Maybe. Warner Brothers is- I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Warner Brothers is releasing it right now. Yeah, they're integrating personalities all over the place. Yeah, there's, there's additionally Kevin Harlan will call TNT semifinals with Candace Parker, ESPN's oh. Doc Rivers, Ali LaForce, while Reggie Miller will join ESPN's game crew of Mike Breen, Doris this- Burke, and Lisa Salters earlier in the night. Is this the Avengers music? Yes. <laughs> He's bringing them all that together. Is insane. Yeah. We have an initiative. Infinity War. That is it's something over. else. So wow. that will. Whether you love them or hate them, you're going to get a lot of them come come in-season tournament to semifinals, and you know they're going to do something similar when it comes to the finals. So, yeah, that just popped up. That just is making the rounds right now as of about an hour ago. Gotcha. So why not? Makes sense to me, honestly. They're really putting ev- their heart and soul into this thing. They're trying. And I, what is the setup going to be? Because I've been, you know, different radio stations right. do panels, and you have, depending on what time the panel is, yeah. the drive time guy kind of drives it. Right. Will it still be Ernie? Is it's Ernie going to throw Ernie's. There's to, no way Stephen A's hosting. He throws to Stephen A, yeah. and Stephen A retorts Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. Insane. Maybe Michael, I, I don't know. It's going to be insane. Who's yeah. the Hulk? He's the Hulk here. I the need Hulk? to know. Got to be Shaq. It's got to be Shaq. Got to yeah. be Shaq. Yeah. yeah. Especially when we, we have a Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we've Jinx. got a Shaq. Stephen A, you yeah. never played the game. Stop it. You play the game. You can't Stop play the game. Brother. At least, you, here's the thing about it. You and Chuck, you got the same amount of rings. You got the same amount of rings. Same amount of rings. Yeah, and the same hairline as well. <laughs> Stop it. All right. In-season tournament. In-season tournament. Some of the rules, yeah. breakdowns, and what happens. We know what happens if the Kings win. Yes, of course we know what the Kings win. They happens. are into the knockout round. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, let's get some uh, news out of the way uh, with Kings shoot-around going on right now. We're seeing news trickle out. Keon Ellis was present on the court for shoot-around. His status for tonight remains questionable. That's from Sean Cunningham. Uh, our very own Frankie Cardicelli puts out the big news, though. Uh, Keegan Murray will not play tonight. Versus wow. Golden State, so uh, the Kings will be without Keegan Murray. Of course, Keegan did guard Steph Curry uh, for a majority of their game uh, the last time these two teams met. And Chris Duarte was grouped around uh, with the shooters at shoot around. And uh, yeah, that's that's all the mm. all the news that we have in terms of injuries so far. So it doesn't seem like Keegan's going to go tonight. Keon is still questionable, and I believe Alex Len uh, is still out as well, uh, as there's just no news on that. So I'd assume. Uh, not really any change on that. So, uh, <laughs> back to the scenarios for tonight. So I know these things are can get a little bit confusing. It's the first year that uh, the in-season tournament has That's been right. in existence, and so there's tons of questions about uh, what does this all mean? What happens? What should I be rooting for? As Alan said, if the Kings win, it's simple. They clinch uh, Group C. They move on to the knockout stage. Uh, their opponent is too, still TBD. Uh, it'll depend on how all the games shake out tonight. It really gets confusing if the Kings lose. Okay. Now, first and foremost, the Kings are going to have to pay attention. Kings and Warriors are both going to have to pay attention to the 5 o'clock Oklahoma City versus Minnesota Timberwolves game. 
And that's because the Minnesota Timberwolves, as it currently stands, are 2-1. If the Timberwolves lose, nothing to worry about in terms of the implications for what that means. T-Wolves go to 2-2, two and two, nothing to write home about. If they win, if they beat OKC, move on to 3-1, and one, that then creates a possibility for the Warriors to beat the Kings, moving the Warriors to 3-1. and one. The Kings would then move to 3-1, and one, and the Timberwolves would be 3-1. and one. That would just be a mess. All the tiebreakers, the head-to-head tiebreakers, would then be null and void because the Kings will have lost to the Warriors. Warriors will have lost to the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves will have lost to the Kings. So they all cancel each other out. It'll then go to point differential, which is the second uh, tiebreaker in the group stage. And that will be determined on how much the Kings lose to the Warriors by. Mm -hmm. So the Warriors essentially need to win by 13 points or more in order for them to win the group. So if the Kings lose by 10 points, they still win the group. If the Timberwolves lose. If the Timberwolves lose. If the Kings lose and the Timberwolves win. Kings lose, Timberwolves win. If the Kings lose by less than 13 and the Timberwolves win, the Timberwolves win the group. Both teams need the Timberwolves. Yes, it will depend on how much the Timberwolves then beat the Oklahoma City Thunder by. Got it. Because that will affect what their point differential is. And if their point differential is then higher than the Kings, then the Timberwolves would then win. So it would be really hard. So if the Kings are going to lose, they should lose close. It would be really hard for the Warriors to get in is what I'm hearing. Yes, yes. The Warriors would have to beat out the Kings by a significant amount. you got to beat the Kings by by 13 or more, and you need the – the T-Wolves to lose probably by a certain amount, too. Uh, yes. Yes, because if the T-Wolves win, they will still be 3-1. and one. They'll be 3-1 and one with the Warriors. But now I'm getting confused. Now, but then uh, the Timberwolves will have beaten the Warriors, so the Timberwolves will then, yes, move right. on. But if the Kings team. lose by less than 13 and the Timberwolves lose, the, the Kings are still in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, sir. Wow. I hope that didn't confuse everybody. So if just you win. are confused, check out SacktownSports.com. Look at our guy Brandon Nunez's article, NBA in-season tournament, Kings-Warriors matchup has big implications, and uh, that can give you all the clarity that you're looking just for. Win. Just win. Just win. Also, baby. yeah, that's that's the easiest thing. Just win, and you don't have to worry about anything else. So there you have it. There you go. Yeah. All or nothing. It's, not, it's you know, we talked about it yesterday. Is it a must-win Kind of. I mean, for for all intents and purposes, yes. Win mm-hmm. and you're in, and you don't have to worry about anything. Lose and you're you're pretty much putting it in in random hands. I mean, ah! that's what we need. We need a whole lot of that. There's pride on the line, but you got to think. You know what it is when there is a home game and a game of this magnitude for a team like the Kings versus the Warriors. I think what I'm a bit worried about is. The Kings, the Kings are going to try to give their best punch. And like we discussed, this game, if you're the Kings, you'd like it to be won in the first three quarters, which might not be realistic, but it would be nice. Mm-hmm. If Golden 1 is rocking, the Kings get out to a hot start. First quarter ends, and the Kings are up eight. The Warriors are going to be like, this is gravy. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah, they're not time. concerned. You got to get that thing. And again, easier said than done. Everybody would love to blow every team out. You have to sit. You got to punch him in the mouth. You got to punch him again. And you need to be sitting at up 15 all game. Yeah. No, I think 
that that is the one good thing or the best thing I should say about these teams playing each other so much from the Kings perspective is they're very aware of that. They yeah. very much know that when it comes to this warrior team, they're they're You got to triple tap them. If mm-hmm. you want to, if you want to put them out because they're never fully out of a game. They can always climb back into it. It always takes one curry flurry for them to be back into the game spiritually, emotionally. And uh, you got to just always, always, always keep your foot on the gas and you can never, ever let go. Like you just, even if it feels like you have them dead in the rights, you got to put the the foot on the gas and make sure that you play all 48 minutes. Like that's, that's the only way that they can play against this team. You can't feel safe against this warrior team. Once they've, they've played each other too many times. I think to not have that level of, of awareness of their opponent. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we've talked about how the Kings have to defend the Warriors, but how are the Warriors going to defend the Kings? Siles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. <laughs> 